Hey guys, and welcome to my podcast. Today we're going to be talking about antidepressants and how they're used to treat a condition called depression. So first off, we're going to start by talking about what exactly is depression. So depression is a common and serious medical illness that negatively affects how you feel, think, and act. It can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems and can decrease a person's ability to function at work and at home. The symptoms of depression can vary mild to severe. So some of these symptoms of depression include feeling sad or having a desperate mood, loss of interest and pleasure in activities, changes in appetite or weight loss or gain, trouble sleeping or sleeping way too much, loss of energy, increased fatigue, and um, slowed movements in speech, feeling worthless and guilty, difficulty thinking, and um, most severe thoughts of death and suicide. Though, all of these symptoms must last at least two weeks for a diagnosis of depression. Sometimes depression is confused with other medical conditions like thyroid issues, brain tumors, or vitamin deficiencies. So now I'm going to touch on the anatomy and systems in which depression affects. So in our body, we have our brain cells, and these usually produce levels of neurotransmitters that keep our senses, learning, movements, and moods perking along. Though in people who are severely depressed, this doesn't always work. Our neurotransmitters are chemical messengers in the brain, which are the means by which our nerve cells communicate with each other. So if you remember a nerve cell, our neurotransmitters are released from the end of the axon, in the space between the two nerve cells that are communicating with each other, and this is called the synapse. These molecules are taken up by the receptors of the dendrite, which is the end of the nerve cell, and then continue to pass along their chemical message. So this entire information transmission cycle occurs in the brain in a matter of seconds, and any problem that interrupts this chain of chemical events can negatively impact the brain and the nervous system. So depression is linked to problems with the neurotransmitters serotonin and dopamine, but evidence is indirect and hard to measure because we can't really go into the brain and measure our neurotransmitters and how they function and are produced. So I'm going to talk about what exactly the innovation I'm touching on is. So antidepressants are supposed to boost the concentration of chemical messengers in the brain. So experts believe that depression is actually caused by an imbalance of certain chemicals like serotonin, which affects some nerve connections. So antidepressants aim to increase the availability of these chemicals in the brain, which makes sense. Um, So pretty much taking this pill increases the availability of these chemicals to your brain. So now I'm going to touch about the origin um, of the innovation or the origin of antidepressants. So really, my research said that it started in the 1950s with a class of drugs called triciliacs. So in 1952, a Swiss pharmaceutical company started using them on tuberculosis patients. And then they tested them on psychiatric patients because the drugs were treating depression symptoms and not TB symptoms. Um, And so they called these psychic energizers instead of tuberculosis um, medication. And then also um, when I looked up a drug called fluoxetine was developed by the Eli Lilly company and they are credited with developing um, 
the first antidepressants um, in the 1970s. So this was Brian Moley um, and David T. Wong. In the Age of Enlightenment, doctors and authors said that aggression was the real root of depression. Um, They advocated exercise, music, drugs, and diet and stressed the importance of discussing problems with a close friend or doctor. So some of these treatments are actually used in modern society today to treat depression, which is kind of cool. But others during this time thought it was unacceptable impulses between a person's conscience, conscience that causes depression. So moving on, in the 19th century, a new therapy was developed, keeping people underwater for as long as possible without drowning them to cure their depression. Also, a special spinning chair was used to rearrange the contents in the brain into their correct positions, which apparently cured their depression. So in 1917, um, a talking cure was developed, which is pretty much means that people could vent their problems to someone, kind of like I talked about before. But this was usually inadequate for people who had severe depression, Um, so desperate people were treated with the latomony, or a surgical destruction of the frontal portion of a person's brain. So, as you would think, this caused a lot of issues and, um, setbacks for people who had this surgery because their frontal lobe. So, in history, there have been a lot of tests and trials of antidepressants. So starting in the 1950s, Roland Kuhn was a Swiss psychiatrist and he obtained samples of ipramine and was given it as a test drug for his schizophrenic patients. So while this drug had minimal effects on their schizophrenia symptoms, it greatly helped with their depressive symptoms. So this was definitely a step forward for antidepressants um, in the clinical trial world. So after this, amprofen was developed and discovered shortly after and it was deemed acceptable after clinical impressions for depressed patients seemed to be effective Um, and though a huge setback happened in 1962 with the thalidomine tragedy when a doctor gave a pregnant woman um, thalidomine which is an antidepressant for nausea and this resulted in severe congenital abnormalities for her baby So after this tragedy, the government and the FDA really looked closer into regulating antidepressants since there were so many new antidepressants being developed and classes of antidepressants being developed during this time period. Um, Moving forward into kind of modern times in the early 2000s, it became clear that antidepressant clinical trials were placed at a 50% fail rate. So this was assumed to occur because of an increasing and variable placebo response. So a lot of the people during this trial, half were given the placebo, half were given the antidepressant, and the people given the placebo seem to be doing better than the people given the antidepressant, which is shown by the 50% fail rate. So a lot of people today are still skeptical of if antidepressants are actually helping depressive symptoms or if it's just a placebo effect to get rid of their depression. 
So, over the past decade, drug companies have launched extensive physician-directed and direct-to-consumer advertising campaigns to kind of get rid of negative feelings towards antidepressants. Um, so, when the FDA approved Prozac in 1987 um, in medical journals, um, doctors started claiming that there's considerable evidence that um, de- that depressive medication is helping the brains of depressed patients. Um, this kind of gave antidepressants a magic bullet image that kind of just fixed all the problems without the public knowing. Um, so people are recruited for drug marketing because they get to do what science itself cannot. They give meaning to the scientific results to the public. Um, they are able to kind of bring this image that if you take this medication, um, all of your depressive symptoms will go away. Um, so the cost and availability of antidepressants um, kind of depends on your insurance. So for a month's supply of the brand name antidepressant, it could be anywhere from 85 to $595. And keep in mind, this is the price without covered by your insurance. Um, for the generic brand, it's anywhere from $60 to $320. So usually this is covered by insurance plans with prescription drug coverage, but this all depends on the dosage, the drug you're taking, and whether it's available in the generic form, which is usually the cheaper option. Um, this is a prescribed drug, so you cannot get antidepressants over the counter. You have to get them prescribed to you by a doctor. Um, and be diagnosed with depression. Um, but it's only safe to take these drugs for a range of six months to a year. Antidepressants are used worldwide. Um, I was looking at a graph when I was researching, and it showed the global antidepressant users per 1,000 people. So, in the U.S., out of 1,000 people, 110 Americans are using antidepressants, while in Korea and Chile, 13 out of 1,000 people are using antidepressants. So, as you can see, antidepressants are available and used worldwide, Um, but the parts of the population that can obtain this treatment, um, I'd say teens and adults are usually um, the most common antidepressant users, Um, I guess in some severe cases, children can be given antidepressants, but they definitely try and steer away from this for their brains are still developing. Um, So it's kind of risky for younger children to use antidepressants. So while taking antidepressants, um, some benefits that you could have, it can improve your mood and emotions, help you sleep better, increase your appetite, increase your concentration, Um, and it can prevent your depressive symptoms from coming back. It also can reduce suicidal thoughts. Um, But some risks that have happened and side effects that have happened um, while taking antidepressants are a possible risk of suicide because um, taking them could worsen your depressive symptoms instead of helping them. Nausea, anxiety, restlessness, insomnia, blurred vision, dizziness, weight gain, tremors and sweating, headaches, Um, sleepiness, fatigue, dry mouth, diarrhea, and constipation. So you definitely have to weigh um, because antidepressants do not work for everyone for depressive symptoms, but they do for many and they are taken by millions of people worldwide.